Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Boiler Express podcast. We've got a great one for you tonight. Um, we've got uh, we're going to talk about the Syracuse game, kind of the aftermath of that. We'll talk a little bit about Wisconsin, um, and we're going to talk about uh, our Boilermakers. And we've got a great guest with us tonight. We have our uh, normal crew, as always, uh, minus Chris. He's out uh, tonight. Said his router took a nosedive, but uh, got a great guest with us tonight. Former Purdue Boilermaker Jacob Thieneman. Jake, thanks for coming on the show, man. We're super excited to have you here. Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Excited to uh, excited to get into some Purdue football. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So you said uh, before we went live, you said you were at the the Syracuse game uh, and everything. And so you got to see, you know, uh, I feel like Ross Aid is kind of becoming emphasis, in, infamous or uh, famous a little bit for their night game atmosphere. I mean, so what did you think? Was it, you know, did it live up to par? You saw the tunnel and everything. How was that for you? Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I got to walk through the tunnel for the first time, got to see the the completed stadium. So that was really awesome to see. I love that. I love that it is completed. It feels ma- like way bigger when you're on the field. Plus having the the fans in the south end zone just adds a lot to it. So the setup of the stadium was awesome. The night game environment is is pretty crazy. Like we're we're known for that. You know, we've had a lot of big upsets, especially on night games. So it's always a crazy environment. So I mean, it was it was fun to come back a little bit. That was my first time seeing Dylan play in person. And so really? that was really exciting too. Yeah. I mean, at Purdue, of course, like I've been okay. seeing him growing up, uh, first two games I was, was catching on TV. I live out in Denver. So was watching on TV from out there, but yeah, man, it was good to get back on campus. It felt great. Right on, right on. Well, um, I already broke my own rule. I said, uh, before we went live, I said that I would, uh, you know, thank our sponsors and partnerships. So I'm going to go ahead and do that before I get any farther. Um, I want to say a big shout out to our partnership over at big banner sports. Check them out at bigbannersports.com. Um, they've got a podcast for every school, uh, football, basketball, you name it. Um, a lot of really good content out there, uh, very up and coming. And, and I think a lot of good things are going to be coming from Big Banner within the next year um, here or so. So uh, lots of good stuff coming out of there. I also want to say a big shout out to our sponsors uh, at Blitzboards, which I'm actually going to go. There's one right behind Dylan, but I'm going to grab mine and kind of do a close up because these things are just uh, incredible. Uh, they're the not light at all they're heavy it's just fantastic um i don't know how well you guys can hear me or not but the quality is just incredible uh on these things it's a it's a really cool game we've been talking your ears off about it um it's kind of a it, it's with dice um but i mean tailgates uh parties family events whatever it is you can use these um and they they're very um i don't know what the right word is like movable or just you know they're easy to take with you somewhere so just knocked over a cup. It's fine. I'd say that did not um, sound good. That didn't sound good at all. I have no what you guys, idea what you guys are saying, so be nice. Uh, I didn't have a headset, headset on there. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, we got to meet the Blitzwards guys, or I got to meet the Blitzwards guys this weekend, and um, Nick, Jordan. Um, <clears throat> what they had? They had a nickname for one of the other guys. I think they called him, like, uh, Crowley. Yeah, that was his name. Crowley. Uh, all and, and Crowley's where I'm from as well, so shout out to Crowley. But, um, really great guys. I mean, they make Nick, a fantastic Nick's a good product. Too. Nick delivered mine to my office. That's was that was the best part. I mean, there was no shipping involved, nothing. He just brought it by himself. Absolutely. And it's not just Purdue stuff either. Like if you have a 
favorite professional sports team, the Colts, the Cowboys. I mean, the Bengals, if you're into there that sort of thing or whatever, um, you know, uh, they, they can do pretty well anything. It was funny. Uh, I was talking to Nick, um, the guy from Blitzboard this week, and he goes, uh, you know, he's like, I can't. He's like, I hope and pray we get a cease and desist letter soon. He's like, because then I know we've made it. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll go give him some love. Existence. Go give him some love. Uh, get a blitz board. Um, and honestly, have a really good time. I played with my daughter whenever we got home. Uh, whenever I got home from the game on uh, Sunday. Um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, it's a it's a great investment for sure. Good time. So. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, guys, so this Syracuse game. Uh, sold out crowd, 61,000 plus people. Uh, me and Chris were there in person. It was an electric atmosphere. Uh, it was absolutely incredible. We were actually pretty close to the tunnel. Um, so that was Chris's first time seeing the intro and everything. But how did it look on TV for anybody that was uh, watching at home? Definitely not as cool as the first game, but still pretty, pretty, pretty nice. Really? I felt like it would have been cooler with it being a night game. Well, it just like that that first game you kind of had that steady cam shot of the whole team coming down the tunnel. You had Walters, you know, hyping everybody up and it was it was more now of like, like a, a normal like thing. A, yeah, just kind of cutting it out. You can see the flashing lights and all that, but um the 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 crowd wasn't mic'd though. It was really hard to hear the crowd, um, which was kind of lame. But like what was what was the atmosphere like for those of you who were there? Yeah, Jake, you take it away. You were there. Yeah, I mean it was, it was what you'd expect for a night game, man. It was intense. Uh it, it both teams brought the energy. Like I think the guys came out pretty strong and it was going back and forth really fast. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned not being able to hear the crowd noise on TV. That's kind of disappointing, man. Cause the crowd noise in person is, is what makes the environment so fun. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, I remember in particular when card ran it in to um, cut the lead down from 21 to, to seven to 14, 21. And just the that place erupted, man. It was right down to the near the south end zone or no, the north end zone, which is where we were kind of were at. Um, and the place was electric. Like I, I it was like it was like so loud that you kind of like hardly hear it, if that makes sense. Like it was kind of like that level of um, loud. And yeah, everybody was awesome and the fans were into it. Um, you know, uh, a couple positives before we, you know, uh, get into it, though. You know, there were some things there were some hiccups during this game. We're not going to pretend like this was a perfect game uh, by any means but like if you guys could take like one or two positives uh from the game you know what what were some of those for you pass protection comparatively speaking to the other games um you know he was only carb is only under pressure in 20 percent um of plays and coming into that game it was 40 percent on the season um so that was that was like one positive takeaway i feel like the offensive flow was there you just couldn't put any points on the board that's what so that's what uh Jake uh, Frank is like our uh we we call him like a big brain is what we big, uh, the, the biggest brain the stat tank because Yeah, I see his name of the stat tank, man. Is he always got the numbers on ready to go? Oh yeah, and it's great too because he'll come in here and like we were talking before we went live, you know, he was talking about how much the offense improved and did well and I was talking about how Chris even said, "Yeah, card threw for like 325 yards." And I was like, "Well, it sure didn't feel like it." Um, you know, because we had those fumbles and everything and they were uh, just at like the worst time. I know there's never a good time uh, for a fumble to happen, but it was like right when we're marching down the field, we're in the red zone um, and one of those would pop out. But but yeah, I mean, uh, now and that's the tough part about those turnovers, too, is because it just takes all the energy out of the team. That was that was kind of my impression from the offense is like like you said, like the stats were there. It wasn't like they were doing terrible. We just didn't have a lot of juice. Uh, mm-hmm. We looked like we were almost a little too scared to make a mistake instead of trying to make that play. And so I think it was just 
it was it was hard to get a lot of stuff going. It wasn't that we were doing terrible. It's just we didn't have that that energy, that juice, and then those couple turnovers just really hurt us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will say I, I liked because one of the things I said to Chris at halftime I was like, okay, um, you know, we hadn't seen Card really make um, like a mis- like a big mistake yet. So like, let's see how he bounces back. What how does this team respond to some adversity that they went through in the first half? And I thought they responded really well. You know, unfortunately, kind of the the fumbles and stuff continued in the second half, but. I mean, they continued to march down the field. They put themselves right back in the game in the fourth quarter where, you know, some people were kind of clearing out of the the stadium um, because they they maybe thought it was over. Um, But Purdue kept chipping away and chipping away, and unfortunately it got away from them there at the end. But, um, but yeah, I I think, you know, their resiliency in the second half, even though it didn't turn out the way we wanted it to, I thought that was a great thing to to look look at. So, I mean, are we going to talk about the overreaction on Twitter? Before we get into the negatives, I did have one more positive. Okay. Uh, All right, good. And I, it's gonna get... I, actually, I actually had this positive uh, written down before we knew who our guest was tonight. Uh, but a certain free safety, 12 tackles, three assists, only one missed tackle. Um, you know, Jake, what's it like seeing your brother play? Let's, just, let's, let's start there for a yeah. second. Shoot, man, it's a dream come true. I mean, this is what we worked for. So, um, I mean, playing myself is fun, and I loved it watching my brothers play and make plays is it might be even more fun. Um, just we've known, you know, Dylan was kind of coming, you know, he was kind of on his way and we've known what he could do. And so we were really excited for him to get on the field and kind of show that. And so, uh, you know, he's come on the scene in a big way these first couple of games mm-hmm. and he's made a lot of noise for himself. Everyone's really excited about that. All of us behind the scenes, man, we were just, we've been waiting for this for a long time, for a long time. Because we knew, we knew what, what he had going on. Um, so yeah, dude, watching him get out there and, and starting to make those plays and what he's done in just these first three games has been insane in terms of like putting his name on the map, making a name for himself and what he's been able to do, uh, as far as like impacting the defense, the scheme that the scheme that they run is like perfectly designed for him in the back there. Um, he's super deep, but he's got the speed to kind of run sideline to sideline and basically just take anything out over the top. And so that's where we've just got to get the guys underneath to make sure that you know, everything's tightened down, which we're very close defensively. It may it may not have felt like that uh, Saturday, but it was really just a few minor things. It wasn't anything too major. Um, but yeah, once we get those things tightened up, we'll be good to go. And the reason I bring up the only only one missed tackle is that was kind of a big theme on the night. You know, guys would get hands on Schrader, uh, just couldn't couldn't take him down. And you know, I won't mention any names, but you can go back and watch the film. I mean, there are one player with four missed tackles, two players with three. Uh, so, you know, for, for him to only have one and, you know, lead the team in tackles for the game is, is very impressive. Uh, quick trivia question. In your career, Jake, you had 130 tackles. Do you know how many missed tackles that you had? Man, I don't focus on the negatives, just the okay. positives. <laughs> sure, okay, yeah. Well, on, only 12, which is really, really good. Dang. Only 12. Yeah, 1,808 snaps, only 12 missed tackles. So it runs That's in the family. That's insane. Must run in the family. Yeah. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. You know, I've heard people. So, you know, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, in Purdue, like I don't even know what you want to call it. Folklore, mythology, like there was always the Anthrops. And I feel like now the Thenemans are like right there. Uh, it's definitely like the Thenemans and the Anthrop families are um, our constant source of like our rocks, our anchors. And uh, yeah, it's it's so cool to, to see. It's funny. We've had because uh, we're like, of course, played with Danny and Jackson. So pretty good friends with them. And, uh, you know, we've had a little few discussions about who's the new sports first family. You know, some, some competition going back and forth there a little bit. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> well, the, the Colvins are involved a little bit now, too. So, 
Who's that? Russ? Russ, wake up. You there? I'm having some issues. Sorry. Oh, I said okay. the Colvins are kind of involved now, too. Oh, yeah, the Colvins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and they're they're multi-sport, too. They're all over the place. So, yeah, absolutely. Rosie had him some athletic children. Good Lord. So, um, we talked about, you know, the positives and everything of that Syracuse game. And, Dylan, you mentioned kind of the uh, – I think Boiled Sports even, too. It was like Purdue's one and two, and we're all freaking out or something. That was like their caption of their – uh, their podcast this week um, and you know in Purdue fan fashion um, Twitter had a little bit of a meltdown uh, Dylan you had some thoughts on that let's see I I get being mad your team lost like that's normal mm -hmm. but I saw a tweet where a guy was like none of us should show back up to Ross 8 all year and I'm like <laughs> buddy relax like take take a step back and think about what you're saying or what got me is when they're comparing uh, Walt to Hazel and I'm like, what do you even mean? Like, this dude's coached three games in his entire head coaching career, and you're going to compare him to the worst coach in program history? Like, that's not – that's so unfair to Coach Walters. And the whole not don't show up for the rest of your Ross aid, buddy, get lost. Like, get out of here. I think that's so ridiculous. And and like I said, it's normal to be upset that your team lost or whatever. Right. But, but to take it to the extreme of comparing a guy that's coached three games to the worst coach in program history and saying, hey – quit showing up to games and maybe that you know it'll it just no man like i there was like a i don't even of, know what what the thought press is on it's like yeah that's gonna light up that's gonna us not showing up is gonna determine how hard or good this team plays like that makes yeah, no yeah. sense at all whatsoever then the, they'll play harder and win when nobody's there yet totally. <laughs> yeah if everything's quiet and nothing's going on then they'll play well it's like what are you even doing some of the sweet justice behind that was walter saying tonight on his radio show that the atmosphere had a lot to do with a, uh, a couple of recruits that we had um, commit this past weekend too, um, which, you know, again, just, just stop, you know, stop with those takes. No one wants to yeah. hear that. You know? And I think the renovations too, man, like I haven't seen it in person yet. I'm, I'm hoping to make it to the game Friday. Uh, but I think the, the South end zone compared to what it was, tent city was terrible. This new one, amazing. And I think the NBC for one, it was weird watching Purdue play on NBC. I don't know why. But the over overhead camera when they would zoom into the south end zone was so good. Everything looked so complete and nice. And so, yeah, the environment, is especially in college football, I mean, you can say what you can about NFL environments, but college football environments are where it's at. And so if you're going to say don't come to games, you're kind of really hurting if not you're, – you're not helping nothing. I mean, it's just none of it makes sense. I had to right. log off Twitter for like four hours and just call it a day. <laughs> That's what like uh, I, I think I said in our group chat. I was like, I think there needs to be like if we if we lose, there needs to be like an automatic like twit like X or whatever just doesn't work on your phone for like the next twelve hours. Yeah. Like just no nobody log on. Nobody like you can think a lot of stupid things, but you don't have to say it for all the world to see. See, know? and that's like we were we were talking before the the show started is that's why we started this podcast because we're not going to sit here and spout some crazy nonsense like that. We're going to be right. as positive as possible. We're not going to be dragon players or coaches or any of that. Like, I don't know. These, these players are kids and I've never understood. Like I've sat around adults the years I've had season tickets and they're like that number, whatever can't, you know, do this. And I was like, kids 18, like relax. <laughs> this kid can't even live on his own quite yet. Like, let's give him a break. Like it just drives me when especially when it's like grown adults. I appreciate. I really, I really appreciate you guys putting out all the positivity and starting this podcast around that. My first three years at Purdue as a walk-on was in the Hazel era, and so it was obviously not a great time to be a, a Purdue Boilermaker playing football. Um, and so felt a lot of that uh, 
energy from the fan base uh, a lot of the time. And so, you know, obviously we've turned things around. It's a totally different program, but the uh, putting out that positive message is just, it really means a lot, especially the players. And so I just appreciate you guys for doing that. Oh, absolutely. Like, on that, on that subject, you know, what, you know, a lot of the players right now are currently dealing with this, but what's it like playing, you know, during a coaching change? It's, it's interesting because like everything changes. So mm. you're still a Boilermaker outside of that, your day to day, your procedures, the schedule, everything is, is completely different. So just like an example, they do morning practices now instead of evening practices that completely flips your entirely daily, daily schedule and how you plan out your whole week. Um, yeah. Just the energy and everything that it brings. Of course, like for the guys that were there, everyone starts with a clean slate. So what you did before, the player you were before, is kind of thrown out the window, and you've got to prove yourself again to an entirely new coaching staff. And so the first spring ball with a new coaching staff is intense. Uh, I'd say it's about as intense as fall camp because, again, it's like everybody's competing for a spot again. Yeah. I, I can't even uh, – obviously, I, I can't imagine what that's like at all. But, um, yeah, I, I imagine, too, like the morning practices, that just makes sense that that's probably like in some ways better just because you've got more energy in the morning. It's like the first thing you do. So it's not like you went to class all day. You've done all these things throughout the day. And it's like, okay, now I got to go work my ass off for another three hours and then probably go do some homework after that. It's like, you know, you knock it out at the beginning of the day and then you've got your whole day ahead of you. Um, so, but uh, does anybody else have any thoughts on uh, Syracuse or, or uh, anything like that? I mean, I, I, my main takeaway is that, you know, as Jake said, we're close, like really, really close. And it's not, you know, I know there was a lot of uh, negativity uh, about the offense, but like, you know, outside, I mean, I feel like the offense moved the ball pretty well. Um, I just, I just feel like a lot of that really isn't warranted or justified at this point. I mean, it's just way too early to have any, uh, to have any serious thoughts about really anything, you know, any as aspect about the team. But um, I just think that there is a, there's just a lot of overreaction. Um, you know, I would rather, rather have things like, you know, just some sloppiness versus like the scheme being an issue. Um, it doesn't seem like that's, that's the case at all. We do have a, a viewer comment here. Uh, what's up BXP from the, uh, from the Blitzboard guys. Hey, hey, what's up? Shout out to our great sponsors. We were just, I don't know if you saw the beginning of this podcast, Nick, but we were singing y'all's praises, man. Uh, I've actually got my Blitzboard uh, right here. Which, well, that's the back of it, but I was showing everybody and talking about how, how awesome it is. And, um, everything and so and uh you know to that you know talking about the overreactions and everything too I, th I think that i've seen a lot of you know people talking about specifically graham harrell and how it's time to like you know change some play calls and and stuff like that and um you know to, i i i agree with you frank i think there was a lot of overreaction i think a lot of people are focusing on the like the the turnovers and the fumbles and putting that on the offensive coordinator when you know, I think those were just really unfortunate things that happened um, Saturday. I don't think that was any like play calls, you know, that caused that issue. Uh, I think it was just kind of from my, my fan perspective anyway. Um, I think that the offensive, I mean, like, uh, like I was saying, Chris on the way home was like, yeah, card through for 325 yards. And I was like, it didn't feel like that, but that's awesome. That's great. Um, and I think even card said, you said in the post game presser that they're getting close to, to being good and like getting things rolling. So. Yeah, I think um, you said like we're we're really close to being a, a good team. And uh I do wanna I do wanna address Cody's comment here. He says hello everybody. Uh Cody, last week, I believe I believe it was last week, you asked if uh 
you could buy the the crew a beer. Uh, I was not at the game. Uh, did you follow through on that one? I would love to know the answer to that. I didn't see it. No, I didn't get to run into Cody. I saw the DM way too late. He had messaged us and said uh, to, to meet him in Northwestern, and I was already. So I parked at uh, not. I'm not gonna dox Chris and where he lives or, <laughs> or anything. But let's just say I parked at Chris's house and then I walked all the way to RV lot four, which was like about three miles, uh, about a three mile walk. Um, and so by the time I got all the way to RV four, I saw the message and I was like, well, uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to walk all the way back to. The good news is there's uh, more football, and more beer to be had. So that's right. A few more comments here. We got a comment here from a gentleman named Russ. Uh, we were better offensively on third down than either of the last two weeks. We were 25, 25% in week one, uh, 41% against Virginia Tech, 50% against Syracuse. Yo, well, Russ, if, Russ, on, if you had that, good internet, you'd be able to be on the show. But pull no, up that just... newest comment here from uh, Blitzboards. Shout out to Cody for buying oh, a Blitzboard let's today. Go. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What uh, what design did you go with, Cody? Because they're very flexible. They can pretty well do anything jazz. So that's they even I designed white trash Pete, and they even put that on a blitz board. So, I Wait, mean, do it's... you have that right now? Uh, no, I don't. No, they haven't made it yet. But he he made the. No, I mean, like, do you have the picture of white trash yeah. Pete? I don't know if I do or not. Hold Dang. on. I was gonna say you should show that to graphic. Yeah, uh, the we, graphics we department. Before we get into uh, Wisconsin. Um, Jay, question for you: What what's your favorite memory as a as a Purdue football player, on the field, off the field? It's a it's a great question. It's a great question. There's a few. I don't know if I can pick a favorite. Um, there's a few moments that that really stick out. So the first moment is going to be starting against Louisville and Lucas Oil, and the reason that one's so special was like that was. That was my second start, but it was the first start of the season. It was my first start being named the starter on scholarship at that point. And so that was just like really affirming for me in, in my journey. Uh, plus had a ton of family at the game. I'm from Indy. And so that was just like a big moment. Then I would say second one is going to be at the end of that season in the bowl game, at the end of the Foster Farms Bowl. When I caught the pick to close out the game, that one was uh, that one was super exciting as well. That's got to feel so like full circle. I can't even imagine. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. It, the story, it was a crazy story and just the way it, it shook out too. And, and just the story within the foster farms game. Cause like I got, um, there was a little rockiness in there with how I was playing like mid game. Like I got jacked up and knocked out with the shoulder injury, had to leave. They come in and score. And then I come back in we have some miscommunications. They score again right after halftime when we were up like two scores. And so then it got back into like a close game and then we ended up pulling away and close it out. So it was a, uh, that one was a crazy game. That one was cool to close out. Yeah. I actually remember that interception very well. Uh, I had a friend who was, who was in town uh, from Washington and we watched that together. Um, and uh, yeah, that was like, that like sealed the game, but like that was the, I always remember that as the Gregory Phillips game. It was him, right. Who just like went off in that game. I think it was Mahungu. Greg, they both had they both had great games, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was like Gregory Phillips is on another level. But yeah, that that sealed the game. I was at that Louisville game. I'm actually from Louisville. I live there currently, so um, I grew up in a Purdue slash Louisville household. So that was a that was a fun game to go to. Um, also, remember that game is the coming out game for Jackson Anthrop as well. Mm-hmm. He, uh, yeah, he yeah, up. he had a big one that time. He had two. Yeah, two touchdowns. Yeah, and then of course the biggest the biggest game of my career was that Ohio State game. So nothing, speaking my language, nothing to compare to that one, man. Jake, I live in Ohio. I got to deal with those people all the time. Whenever Purdue beats Ohio State, literally anything, I come home talking 
mad amount of trash. Dude, so I uh, I lived with Marcus Bailey at the time, and of course that was the Marcus Bailey game, right? He had 15 tackles in that pick six, uh, and he's from Columbus, so he had all like all his Columbus friends in town staying at our place, and so there was just like a lot of energy around that, and so oh, yeah, yeah, dude, when we when we pulled that off, that one was that one was pretty legendary. We'll never forget that night. I think somebody, uh, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, I think somebody like lit a couch on fire somewhere in West Lafayette, like dude, just probably man. After, uh, oh, uh, <clears throat> I forgot the Ohio podcast was in here. Listen, oh, sorry, speaking guys. of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whoops, sorry, guys, you know, <laughs> come on, Eric, you know, you love well, it. We have, we have a really interesting viewer question here, which I'd like to address real quick here. Who wins a foot race between the Thieneman brothers if you all raced at 18 years old? Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think we all know the answer to this one. <laughs> It's it's a it's a pretty clear winner, and it's not Brendan or I. I thought you were gonna be like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> I <thought you> were- <laughs> That's why I thought it was going, Dylan. I mean, because I, I got to see him play at Virginia Tech. We were at that game, and and seeing him in person is just like, I mean, he he is a, a he is like the safety valve. I mean, there and against Fresno State, I feel like they would have had two touchdowns if it wasn't for his speed. I mean, it's 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 pretty crazy. He's he's an electric player. Uh, you 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 taught him very well. We have uh, another comment here. Let's see. My favorite hit that Jake had against OSU was sitting in the south end zone. You could hear the pop. Let's go. Do you, re- go. Do, do, you do you recall the hit in the south end zone? The south end zone. Um, there was one tackle. There was one tackle on like the third down, going out of bounds. But I don't know how big that was. Um, I'd have to go back and check the tape. <laughs> but uh, back to the back to the speed. The point about speed. You know, it's not that Brent and I are slow. We're actually pretty fast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan just runs a four three laser time, and that's next level speed. Yeah, that's speed you can't teach, and that's that that's that next NFL speed. Yeah, I remember um, Walter saying at the beginning of the year that him and Burks trade um, fastest times. Him and Burks go mm-hmm. back and forth between who's the fastest on the on the field there. Um, so yeah, and it was just like. I remember being at the, the the Fresno State game and like it was like watching it in slow motion the the pick that he had because he's coming like completely from the other side of the field and just like t-bones this uh, wide receiver like the wide receiver had no clue he was there just boom catches it and then gets that foot down it was yeah it was insane so yeah we went uh, Brennan and I funny so funny story we were in so Brennan and I live in Denver we live in a house together we were on our way to Grand Junction to go dirt biking for Labor Day weekend. And so the game started at 10 o'clock our time, and we had to find a bar in Dillon, Colorado, to watch this game at. And so we're, we're calling all these sports bars trying to find a place that's open. We finally find a place that has the game on, and they put it on the TVs. And so that's where we're watching Dillon in that first game make those hits and then get that pick. And so we're going nuts in the sports <laughs> bar at, like, noon – <laughs> watch Dilla get watch Dilla get these picks, man. It was it was pretty. Did crazy. you have to ask them like, hey, can you turn on the Purdue game? Where they just like, Dude, so we we called them. We called ten bars, and the tenth bar was like, yeah, yeah. This, this uh, older lady, she was like, yeah, we can get it on. We got it for you guys. We walked in, and it was on all three big screens. And she was like, yeah, I had it ready for you guys. Knew you guys were coming. I, love it. I was like, let's go. Hey, Dylan's there a great go. name. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> that's one thing uh one thing i don't I, I travel a lot it's one thing i don't like about traveling though it's like it's hard to hard to watch the purdue game um i actually I was be, in, be in denver in a few weeks if there's one place i must go bar or restaurant what would you say in denver 
Um, I wouldn't go to rest. Honestly, I wouldn't go to Denver for the bar restaurants. I'd get up the mountains. Okay. I'm, go, I'm going. I'm going for a Nuggets game. So that's the okay. That's, okay, that's mostly what's bringing me there. On fifty-four, this. fifty-four thirty is a cool rooftop bar. Fifty-four thirty. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna write that down. Russ, now that you're back in, do you have any anything you wanted to add about Syracuse? Um. So I will note that. Did you watch Trader's post game interview? Any of y'all? No, I didn't. He uh, he. One of the big things he said that stuck out to me was he said we did not play well on offense. You know, the, the majority of his rushing yards were on busted plays, and a lot of the first downs they picked up were on penalties. So our, our defense, like I agree with what you all were saying, that our defense is very close, um, and I think our offense is similar. I think once we mix in our offense properly and use some of the weapons we have on offense properly, um, I think this team could really start clicking off some some Ws for sure. So um, I also noted a couple things that were kind of at this point in the season, now that we're like three games in, there's a couple things I saw on defense. Uh, Cam Allen got a second pick of the year, right? So now he's at 12 for his career, which puts him third all-time in Purdue history in interceptions. Now, at the rate that, that Dylan's going, he's going to have like 40. So <laughs> he's going to crush everybody's record. But uh, for now, it looks like Cam Allen's you know, pretty close to getting top two. Um, and if he gets five more, he actually ties two by the end of the year. Um, also, Thieneman has – and I saw a bunch of different numbers depending on what website you looked at, so I don't know what the official stats are, but the Purdue website has him at 31 tackles, 26 solo. Do you know who his second and how many tackles they have? Uh, I'm going to say like they have 12. Yeah, it's Sanusi Kane with 12 solo and 15 total. So he's doubling up the next dude on our defense. So I wrote an article earlier in the year, actually before the season even started, that I thought Sanusi Kane could be a dark horse for defensive player of the year because I thought that that was the role Sanusi Kane might play because everything was kept close to the vest with Coach Walters. He didn't really give a lot of um, insight onto who was, would be playing where. Even when the depth chart came out, there was just five DB positions listed. So um, I think that, that Dylan Thieneman's a, a dark horse for possible not just freshman of the year on the defensive side, but, but defensive player of the year because we aren't even in Big Ten play. And if we start clicking once Big Ten play starts this week, uh, he could, he could really put himself on the map. Have you guys so. started to, um, you know, it didn't happen for me until this morning, um, which it usually always does, but you know, you start listening to the, like, Oh, we're really close. Oh, uh, you know, it's just this, it's, you know, there, it's not scheme. It's not scheme. It's just execution. Have you guys talked yourself into like, you know, the season start off a little rocky, but maybe, you know, how like you, you get like your coach, you know, first year they get it like a big we talked about before the season started. They're going to win a game they shouldn't or maybe won't or and then the, they'll lose a game they should have won. Do you guys think have you guys talked yourself into like maybe, you know, Walters is going to put his stamp on Purdue this year and uh, take Wisconsin down on Friday? Is anybody talking? Is that just me? Because I was I like, love, was I'd love to see nothing more than us destroying Wisconsin Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys want to hear my path to six wins kind of steal yeah, yeah. that I had? I, I would love that, yeah. Okay. So it, it's more about look at history. Um, look at just the last six, seven years in our program, right? Brahms first year, we started three and four. Um, we didn't know if we maybe make a bowl game that year or not. Then we all of a sudden – and we lost a close one at Rutgers. We lost a close one at home against Nebraska. But then we go win three of four – even including like a, a loss at Northwestern that we, we'd like to had, but, and then had a great bowl game, right? Then Brahms second year, we go into that year and there's all the optimism, right? We got this kid named Rondale Moore. 
It's going to be a great year. We start 0-3, right? Lost to Eastern Michigan, and the sky's falling. Oh, man, it's another Daryl Hazel. Like, see, here we go. And then what do we do? We win four in a row, including that big game against that team out east that we won't name them since they're watching. We don't want to hurt their feelings again. But, you know, then we, we finish the game. We finish that season with the bowl game, right? Let's look at just two years ago, right? We started three and two, including a, a tough home loss to Minnesota. Then we finished nine and four, including two AP top five wins, right? Last year, we also started one and two, right? Then we, what did we do last year? We went to the Big Ten championship game. So this whole idea that the sky is falling, like, come on. It's a, it's a new offense, a new defense, new coaching staff, a lot of new faces. And we're still just like a few mistakes away from probably being three and oh. So the idea that all these people are jumping off the bandwagon is ludicrous. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm not trying to like just sing uh, Dylan's praises just because Jake, you're here on the podcast or anything. Um, he's just a really good player. And we were talking about, you talked about solo tackles a minute ago, Russ. And so I looked up who's leading in NCAA uh, division one football right now in solo tackles sitting here at number one is uh, looks like Dylan Thieneman, uh 26, him and Hunter Wohler or Voler from Wisconsin uh, are tied at 26 right now, um, which is why, which I don't understand. So maybe I'm not looking at this right. Cause it says number three, Tyrese Knight has 34. So I'm not sure how this is like calculated. Um, do you guys know what STPG it's like, Oh, is it solo tackles per game? Oh, that's probably what it is. He's got 8.7 solo tackles per game right now. So he's leading the NCAA in solo tackles per game. Um, and that's insane. And it's crazy because you look at this and it says freshman and then it's junior, senior, senior, junior, junior, senior, senior, junior, junior. So, I mean, dude's just uh, playing another, on another level. So just uh, just a lot of fun. And uh, I like Cody uh, Abrams' comment earlier uh, as well, just a fuel – this flame that I'm feeling right now and says, remember fellas, Wisconsin's record in September is not the best. So if we can just keep that train rolling, there's always um, hope. There's always hope. Yeah. The thing about Wisconsin, they are like, I think they had a coaching change since I played, but they are like the most predictable team in college football. Them in Iowa. Like Mm -hmm. if you really study the film and look at them, like you kind of know exactly what they're going to do every play. And that's their MO is they're just going to run power. They're just going to run power at you and make you stop it. Um, so I think that we've got the fr- – I like I like our matchup this week. I really like our defense against Wisconsin. So, I mean, we got the guys up front to do it too. So I think we can uh, do some exciting things Friday. Well, and interestingly, I was looking into their um, kind of run-pass ratios earlier today. Um, they're actually running only on 50% of plays this season, uh, which they've been 60-plus the last three or four years. Again, I don't know if that's you know, a change with Fickle. I mean, they've got – um, they've got one of the best running backs in the country right now. Uh, I don't know how much of that's been their schedule. Uh, I know they really couldn't run the ball well against Washington State, but you know we have we have a brand new Wisconsin with all new faces, a whole new coaching staff, and a pretty shaken up Purdue as well. Um, I, I mean, it's I don't I I don't know how to feel. I, I just I really don't know how to feel. I want to get my hopes up, uh, but um, I, I'm also trying to stay grounded at the same time. But uh, I'm with you, Jake. I would love nothing more than to like this is the game I want this season of all other mm-hmm. games. I want to beat Wisconsin. Yeah. I was at at the Wisconsin game last year. Not a whole lot of fun. So uh, I'd love to see him get this. So what do we have here? What's this comment? Yeah. So this is from our sponsor, Blitzboard. It says, I promise not to say anything to jinx us uh, when we're winning Friday. The losing streak is 100% my fault. And so I have a story about this, which is Nick's story. Um, but he was telling me, so um, – it all started back in uh, 2004. Um, 
an infamous, infamous game against Wisconsin. Apparently, the Nick and his buddies they went to Purdue, so they're in the stands watching. And uh, uh, when it's seventeen to seven in like the beginning of the fourth quarter, I think he says, "Oh, it's uh, the fat lady singing. The fat lady is uh, singing." So he's already saying like Purdue's winning this game. Like it's in the bag and everything. And obviously we all know how that story ended uh, with the Kyle Orton fumble um, and everything in, in Wisconsin coming back to win. And then he also said it back in what year was it when we went to like double overtime with Wisconsin? Rondell Moore had that crazy spin move. Uh, that was triple overtime. Triple um, overtime. I want to say 20. It was 18. 18, 19. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. they were at that game as well. And Nick was doing doing the same thing. The fat lady singing, the curse is over, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I feel like he may have just cursed us again by saying he promises not to say anything uh, when we're winning Friday. But, you know, uh, I just thought that was a, that was a funny story. Um, well, we know who to blame if we do. So that's right. Absolutely. Damn it, Nick. <laughs> I see the uh, I see the uh, the comment from Cincy Blitzboards about the NIL deal for DT. Man, uh, I'm the guy to talk to you about that. Man, hit me up. We can see. What we can Let's make it happen. Let's, Let's do go. it. Look at that. <laughs> nice. He can be the first athlete Let's, of the Boiler. Let's Express not do podcast. that, Cincy Blitzboard. That's a yeah. That's a little bit of typo. I'm, I'm just going to assume there that. there is a typo there. I'm going to assume that says I'll <laughs> shut up. Did you see? Uh, how what's Kurt Ferentz's son's name? That's the offensive. What's his Brian. first name? Brian. He had a press conference the other day about the whole twenty-five point thing in his contract, and he told uh, the press, "He goes, why don't you all get a step ladder and climb out of my ass?" No, <laughs> that didn't actually happen. That was a voiceover. Was it really? Yeah, it was oh, a voiceover. Man. My dumb brain fell for that. I thought it was legit. Dang, way to call Damn. him out on the podcast. Don't be that got yeah. good. We all know I'm not the brightest, but it was that was a good fake. I mean, that was good work. So Cody says, I hope we win because there's a bet between a friend and I that the losing team has to wear the winning team's jersey. Well, you've already broken the golden rule, Cody, and that is to never bet on Purdue. So we have someone um, uh, behind the scenes of the podcast that often breaks that rule and we always shame them. And uh, I was talking to him at halftime uh, Saturday and he starts laughing. He goes, you guys have no idea how much I bet on Purdue. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I've just never said anything. Uh, uh, <laughs> Damon, is this your first Wisconsin game since the Orton game? Um, let me think. I uh, let's see. I had not at the triple overtime. Maybe game? that could be helping break the curse. No, I wasn't. I had season tickets in 2019, um, but I, I think they played at Wisconsin that year because 2018, you said they played at Purdue, um, or I don't know how the scheduling works, but um, yeah, no, I think this is my first Wisconsin game since. Uh, that fateful night in 2004. So yeah, maybe it's time to, uh, you know, for some change. Uh, I would love that. Nothing more than that. So, and I think I think it'll just be so cool because not only is it like Purdue's one and two, but also it sucks that we've just lost both games at Ross Aid. So I just hate that for for Walters uh, and his team. Um, uh, <clears throat> so, but I'll let somebody else take this comment. Uh, we have a comment here from uh, the Noodle. Uh, they did something similar to the uh, this Iowa State's coach. Uh, I did see that one. He, um, Man, that one not a not a great look. Uh, a fan yelled something to the effect of like "You're in the hot seat, Adam," and he like turned around and was like, "What'd you say?" and like had to be restrained and stuff. Um, and so he. Oh, that was fake as well. No, that so that wasn't fake. But there was a press okay, conference good. where he addressed him. No, and, I think, yeah. Like, 
no, there was this, so, someone did a voiceover of him addressing what happened, and then he was Dude, like, "Nothing's uh, real anymore." I don't. Yeah, I nothing's know, real. I, yeah. I don't even know if Jake's yeah. sitting here right now. This could be like <laughs> yeah. somebody from like some other country that's just got the perfect deep fake going. Right that now. I'll send it to you. Good. I'll send it. Give to it. You. Give it two years, man. Those deep fakes will be crazy. Dude, it's wild. AI is taking over. I saw yeah. it on the AI, Pat AI is show. coming. AI is getting it. better. Mm-hmm. Russ will replace you with AI here before we know it. Alan Iverson's gonna be on the podcast. It's gonna be freaking sick. <laughs> Sorry, that was a really bad joke. I'm just gonna... Most people, no, no, most I people, liked it. I thought it was great. Most college kids are gonna be like, "Who the hell?" Alan Don't talk Iverson. down Andre Iguodala like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's that famous clip of? Uh, it's like some voice clip of or soundbite of some guy saying like, fourth quarter, game on the line, NBA title or NBA finals." He's like, "But you, you tell me, anybody in the Warriors, I'm picking it between you, Iggy or Curry." Oh, I- I'm was picking it? Iggy every time. I can't remember who it wasn't said Stephen that or a. what that was. I think it was but. one of the guys that used to pop in on that show every once in a while. I remember seeing that. I know, I know the clip you're talking about. Freezing cold take. Oh, real bad. <laughs> they even had that one guy who said, uh, uh, <laughs> Russ is that. not so uh, much. Oh, that's, I mean, it's the truth, Russ. The, Eric, Eric got you there. Valid. Sorry. So, uh, is that what they could say now. So, uh, Jake, one of our running like jokes here on the podcast is like, and Russ isn't even the oldest guy on our show. We just <laughs> do hashtag Russ is old all the time and give him crap about being old, even though he's not. There's been a few all. times that I say, if you made it to the end of the podcast and use the hashtag Russ is old, I'll give you like five bucks or something. <laughs> a few people have done it. It's very fun. And, uh, so Blitzboard sent him a mock-up of a Blitzboard and had like AARP <laughs> on there. <laughs> and he thought that he thought I set them up to do that. And I had nothing to do with that. I would take I, credit because it's a hell of a joke, but I can't take the credit. I did tell them to hide somewhere. Hashtag Russ is old. So maybe that was their <laughs> take on that. Uh, I was going to have them like hide it under the blitz board, just somewhere like really inconspicuous. But but then I'm more forgetful than Russ is. So it can be Russ can switch the tables once in a while. Right. Russ, why these guys keep coming at you, man? <laughs> people. I've had people like my family or friends listen to the podcast. Why do you pick on Russ? I said, I don't pick on Russ. It's just. It's a it's a loving relationship, and there he oh, goes. He's gone. Oh, right. he and he's gone. <laughs> let's uh let's let's dive into this Wisconsin team a little bit, if you guys okay. would like to. Let's yeah, see. give me the stats. Yeah, first. let's do it. Um, on, so they brain. beat Buffalo. They beat Buffalo thirty-eight seventeen. Uh, they did lose to Washington State twenty-two to thirty-one, and they beat Georgia Southern thirty-five to fourteen. Anyone want to guess how Washington State beat them? What did they have to do to beat Wisconsin? Stop the run. They did. They stopped the run. Uh, Braylon Allen only had 20 yards in that game. Tanner Mordecai was actually the leading rusher. Um, and they actually stopped the run using their strong safety. Um, we Purdue has a strong safety. is pretty good at run defense. So, um, yeah, that's something something to keep a, keep an eye on in this game for sure. Um, Russ, what do you think about this Wisconsin team? All right, Russ. Is, uh, Russ is, uh, yeah. I think – yeah. I think he fell asleep. I think he's all right. <laughs> uh, the noodle says, uh, if Russ is old, I'm Methuselah. <laughs> the noodle is young and spry. I don't care what he says. Right, the yeah. noodle's son, I don't know if you follow if you guys follow him on Twitter, had like was in a real bad health predicament the night before uh the Syracuse came. Kid wakes up the next day and is like, Let's go. And he's like, All right, let's make it. Heck and yeah. I was so stoked to see that he made the game because he was in a bad spot. But he said he woke up the next day, felt great, made it through the whole game, and I was it made me happy. Dude, there was a fan at the Fresno State game that I think I texted you guys about that like totally like tugged at my heartstrings. So like 
just me personally, I work like uh, with people in the autism community. Um, and so there was this kid in front of me who uh, was just, uh, you know, was having a really hard time with like the sounds, like the loud cheering and stuff like that was like crying uh, during the game was was having a really hard time. But by God, he loved Purdue. And he was just like on his feet cheering the whole time. He would cover his ears when it got really loud and had this like tear rolling down. I was like, dang, man, that kid is freaking awesome because you know that sent if uh you know that sensory overload is is uh is a lot and so for him to like sit there and fight through that and just continue cheering on i thought that was bad freaking ass so i had one shout kid out to that kid. Hey, that's awesome man that's awesome you know them no i i don't i i just uh just uh the no the the kid in front of me man i i just um yeah no uh but it, it was awesome to see him like push through that and uh AOL dial. <laughs> Russ absolutely oh, has man. an AOL email. Like my 65-year-old mother. I just said her age. She's probably not stoked about that, but she, she definitely <laughs> still has AOL. I'll tell you that much. I'm going to get a text after that. I doubt she watches. She doesn't That's all right. My wife has a live.com email at live. Well, what even is that? Um, I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, I don't know. So, <laughs> where where did she that find one. that? But, hey, Russ, welcome back. Oh, he sounded like a little R2-D2 we got going on. And he's gone. All right. Um, <laughs> Russ, yeah. we'll see can you all hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. we can hear you just fine. Yeah. Can you hear yeah. us? Nope. All right. It's interesting because I'll – and then like four seconds later, I hear you react to it. So I I know I'm messed up. Like That's great for a podcast. That's yeah, you are. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's really the situation you want yeah. to be in. Yeah, you are, yeah. <laughs> it's a real shit show around here sometimes, Jake. You got to – <laughs> oh, there you go. You got some love from Cody. He says Russ oh, is the goat. So, Cody, you were on the top um, of my. I list. will say Russ did get. Uh, he was the first one of us. Uh, we were at the Virginia Tech game last week, and he got recognized. And was like, "Oh, you're the guy from that podcast. You're the old guy." Crazy. <laughs> um. So you know, got to give love to Russ where love is. Uh, deserved, it is still weird so. getting like people yelling at you at games. Like, oh, what's it? like? Uh, I'm a big rowdy fan, so I'm always asking where the hell's rowdy. And at the Big Ten Championship, some guy's like, where the hell is Rowdy? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I'm trying to find out. And then my seats just happened to be right behind Chuck T's seats. And I was like, Chuck, what's up, dog? That was so much fun. Even though Purdue lost, it was a good time. Anytime you get to hang out with Chuck for four quarters, that's a good time. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I remember when you weren't able to come to the Virginia Tech game, I texted him. I was like, hey, man, I know it's like the game's happening in like 12 hours, but we got a ticket with your name on it. And you make it out here. <laughs> I think he was. At, yeah, he was at the Syracuse game. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I feel like there's that's one thing that's been and I don't know if it's just happenstance, um, just just a coincidence. But I feel like there's been a lot of Purdue football alumni uh, at games recently. Um, like a lot of these guys that are, you know, the, the honorary captains, I feel like I haven't seen, um, you know, around Purdue in a, in a while. So that's really cool that they're getting all these different people out here. And here's a good question, Jake, what's your thoughts on shout on shout? Oh, after yeah, the third, third quarter? quarter, um, I like it. If you're getting, uh, if you're getting blown out, it's not the, the most exciting thing to be listening to as a player. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the best thing to hype. You so know. during the Hazel era, it was, it was rough, but no, it's, it's cool. <laughs> It's cool. I like it. It gets everybody excited, man. So um, I will say this past week, up when, the fourth. when yeah. it was uh, when it was jam packed in there and everybody got into it Saturday, uh, it was I'll say it was kind of cool. Everybody was getting. Yeah, into if it, the it stadium's packed to the gills, it's awesome. But like like Jake said, during the Hazel era, which I was there every home game, it was miserable. Great leg room. I'll say that. But like <laughs> other than that, it stunk like it was not a good time. 
I oh, do man. miss the leg room. That was nice. What'd you guys do during the uh, the break out at Virginia Tech? Dude, so that's the thing is like they, we found out there were no laws uh, in Blacksburg. You could do whatever you wanted to because um, nobody knew what was going on. So they 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 call the game the game, you know, the game just starts. They call it or they, they say, you know, go out into the concourse. And then they put out an announcement that's basically just saying leave the game. They're like, hey, you know, exit Get the out. stadium and nobody leaves. They're all we're all just huddled shoulder to shoulder in this concourse for like two hours. And then people start to, you know, after a while. Um, they keep pushing back the time. People start to leave and whatnot. Um, and for like the first two or three hours, we just hung out in our area because we had no clue what was going on. We were all just like staring at this TV, waiting to get some kind of an announcement, um, which they didn't announce at all that there was like concessions on the bottom, like on the first floor of the stadium on each side. And so we're on the top floor, like the top part of the the stadium, starving after three hours. And all you hear on the broadcast or like the, the radio is like, yeah, and the football players are eating uh, pizza right now in the locker room, and uh, the brought the media team's getting Chick Fil A, and I was like, God, I'm so hungry. <laughs> uh, so we went and got food. We found the food, uh, and then we just kind of walked around the the campus a little bit. Um, so we actually got to walk through like the famous tunnel uh, at Lane Stadium. So we got to walk all the way down there, touch the Hokie Stone, um, got to go into their basketball arena. Frank was like working for view of you from my seat and just uh, checking out all the different angles and taking pictures of like, um, you know, where uh, the different seats are in the stadium. Um, but yeah, no, we just kind of hung out, you know, just check out. My favorite stadium. part is when you guys sent the pictures, of you guys hitting the hokey stone of the tunnel. And I was like, who hooked you up with that? And Chris, I think was like, Oh, we just walked down there. <laughs> like we just found our way into the tunnel. Yeah, there's no one around. It's like, all right, I'm just going to walk in the tunnel and see what <laughs> That's happens. Wild. So just walk down there and, uh, and uh, just walk, in, walk in and look confident. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, there was like, make it. I mean, we saw cool. the state trooper there at the end and he was like, come on, yeah, come on in. And was like, oh, okay, all right, we're just going to. What yeah. was your favorite away game environment, Jake? Ooh. So there's an asterisk on this. I'll say I never played at Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan. So, um, yeah, just the way the schedule worked out. So my favorite away game environment was probably Nebraska. Memorial okay. Stadium's pretty nuts, 90,000 strong. They sell out every time. And they're like the nicest people too, which is pretty funny because after you go in there and beat them by three scores, they like thank you for it. It's, it's, it's like it's they, they, very, it's very different. Very yeah. winnable game, huh? Yeah. Then you go to Iowa and their fans are like the total opposite, whereas the Nebraskas are like the nicest Iowas are not. That clip of Markel walking by uh, and just going "winnable game" was like one of my favorite clips of all time. Another <laughs> had, friend of the program. Yeah, we had Markel. He was one of the first like former players we had on the show, and we were saying like, "So, man, what do you think about uh, you know Nebraska getting a new coach?" He's like, "It kind of sucks, man. I can't really talk about you know this clip anymore. It's going to kind of die out." <laughs> I, I, you can Markel can keep talking about it. It's one of my oh, favorites. Yeah. Um, and I remember Greg McManus, he's like a Purdue grad that lives in Nebraska. He was saying, he's like, oh, no, they play it like uh, he's like, I still talk about it all the time. He's like, I don't care who, who's coaching in Nebraska. I'm always going to bring that up. So, Eric, the shoe isn't that great. Let's, you know, it's on it. Honest question. I mean, you've, you've played in a lot of games in Ross State. I imagine you've been to a lot of games in Ross State. You've, you've played in other stadiums. How does the how's the atmosphere compare? Because I really feel like Virginia Tech really, really exceeded Ross State in the atmosphere department. Like did like are other stadiums louder, more energetic? Like 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 the best Ross State versus the best like Nebraska environment. Let's say like is it how does how does it stack up? So I think I think 
the best raw state environment can go toe to toe with anybody. Now there's the volume aspect of like, there's just stadiums that are bigger. And so because of that, like the, the volume changes or it's just kind of different feel from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Purdue night game environment, top tier, I would put it on par with anybody. Love that. Anybody Love that I've been that. to at least. So the, the Ohio podcast said what? Those are like the biggest three. I'm assuming you meant uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Yeah, like yeah dude. I, I wish I could have played at them. I'm disappointed I missed out there too. It's just the because they're all they're all on the east side of the Big Ten. He didn't he didn't he didn't make the schedule, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, that, so you are you are the third you're the third former player that I've heard say that about Nebraska. That 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 the place is a great place to play and that the fans are nice. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I've, I've, uh, you're the third former player that, that has said that. Which is just I wonder a fascinating what people thing. say about us. Like, what do they say about Purdue fans? Makes you wonder. Well, yeah, we're pretty nice. I mean, I feel like we're pretty, we're a welcoming bunch, unless you're in yeah. Indiana. Right. Yeah, I, think I don't we're know. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I think we're middle um, of the road. I don't think anybody has strong opinions of us, positive or negative. We're, you know, we stay out of the way. <laughs> well, I will say, so I'm, I'm going to address Russ's comment here. Uh, I'm not going to read it, you know. Uh, but I will say that we we sat next to some Iowa fans who could not believe that Purdue would say IU sucks. Like they they held <laughs> Purdue, they they saw Purdue as being much better than that, um, and they they just said like I would expect that from most other Big Ten schools, but not Purdue. That's I just weird. thought that was really interesting. I'm like hmm, like what do people think about Purdue if that's the case? Um, yeah, they was. That was the, this this particular lady. It was like the most offensive thing she'd ever heard. Is the way she was acting. I'm like, you haven't been to many football games. That's the way. She hasn't been anywhere. If that's the most offensive thing, she's and ever definitely heard. not many Iowa games. That's for sure. And oh, and she said, was. You said, you said she was an Iowa fan, right? Yes, yes. She was bragging about like we waved to sick children and all this stuff. So like, she's definitely been to games. But I'm like, I've heard way worse things than that. Yo, dude, <laughs> pull up uh, the noodles comment here. His most previous one because I got it, dude. This swim coach, uh, he led shout at the end of the third quarter. He that's he was like the best person to ever lead shout in my experience ever. He got me so fired up to do shout at the end of the third quarter. He was like, he was getting it was like he was cutting a promo in the WWE. Like this dude was on another <laughs> level. Um, he was yeah, it was just incredible. Uh, he did absolutely like he got me so fired up to freaking do shout. And then Chris was laughing at me because I was doing shout. At the game, but it's whatever. my favorite shout, like hype person that I've ever experienced. Jake, you were a player at this time. Uh, was actually Dave Shondell. Like he got Ross Aid hyped. I think it was against Western Michigan. Megan, then the first game of the season, um, 2017, 2016, maybe. 16, but like, yeah, yeah, 2016. It, it was no, first game Western, of the season. that was 15. That was way back. 15? Okay. Yeah. So you were, you were, you were on the roster, right? At that time, I was. No? So I was a okay. red shirt. I was a red shirt freshman at the time. Mm-hmm. But I just remember, you know, it was, it was the end of the third quarter, and he's like, "Look how many points we have!" And was just screaming. He's like, "We have a football team!" And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Whoa, okay." I didn't expect that. One of my um, favorites was they had uh, Katie and Tiller up in the press box, and we were playing Marshall. It was years ago, and we were beating Marshall by like thirty or forty or something crazy. And Tiller goes, uh, "Bet you guys didn't know you were coming to a track meet," and the whole place just goes nuts. It was that's Neil Armstrong too. I saw Neil Armstrong do it once, which is really cool. But that quote by Tiller is one of my favorites. Uh, Jake, so did you see like the post game uh, like little speech that Walters gave the team after they beat Tech uh, last like two weeks ago, where he was all like all fired up talking about how they did great. They like they stayed into it and everything. Um, you know, I did. 
so we were talking about like fans earlier, like Karen's or whatever. There's a lot, not a lot, just loud people. Um, there's a few loud people talking about how like I can't believe he's cussing like that. I I would never and like getting so I'm like, have you ever been in a football locker room before? <laughs> like apparently the, these people haven't gone anywhere if they haven't heard a coach drop an F bomb. Never been to a football game. Definitely. Yeah, right. I drop F bombs in the stands. Like, what are we doing? If I uh Damon, when you sat in my seats, was the uh, commentator behind was he behind you? The guy that talks the entire so game. So I think he was, but maybe he just wasn't feeling it. Maybe he didn't see you there and wasn't into the, it that day. Because he only game like, I missed. <laughs> the fourth quarter. He was just like uh car drops back in the pocket. And yeah, he acts like an ESPN scout is somewhere in the stands and it's gonna be like, guy, you can talk, get on up here, get to the press box. It's just the whole game. It's just like it used to be like O'Connell drops back, throws it to whoever, but t- 10 yards. Oh god, oh god, oh drove me nuts. My uncle. He was an older fella. The guy I go to games with was about one day about turned around and said something. And I'd be like, Uncle Louie, relax, like chill. <laughs> this one guy, uh, he was just on a roller coaster ride the entire game. It was like, it, like if we didn't move the ball up uh, on one play, he'd be like, God, what did I even buy these season tickets for? And then Card would throw a 30 yard bomb to Deion Burgess. He'd be like, Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, I used to have, I used to have guys sit right next to my seats who would be like, You know, this is miserable. Brahms lost or won or only won seven games. And I'm like, where the hell have you been? Like where, what the eight games is amazing. Like that's a Super Bowl compared to what we've been dealing with. And there's like, I can fire Brahm and just same thing. People saying firewall. It's ridiculous. It's just insane. Anyway, I'll, I digress. So this Friday we play Wisconsin. It's time. It's time for score predictions. Dylan. Boilers by a billion. And people actually think I mean boilers win by a billion. You get people upset when I piss uh... people off when I say boilers by a billion. Because like I don't I don't I don't mess with like score predictions. I don't hate it, but I don't it's just not my thing. So I always drop and we were on a Virginia Tech podcast a few weeks ago and I dropped boilers by a billion. And the guy was like, You really think Purdue's gonna win by a billion points? And I said, You're fucking right, I am. Like, yeah, absolutely. What kind of question is that? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna go. It was it was awkward to say the least. Yeah, it it really took me off guard. I was like, wait, this guy's taking me seriously. Nobody does that. What? And then this uh, the sideline Syracuse like Twitter account was like, who's gonna listen to this Homer garbage next time you guys (laughs) think when you pick these score predictions? (laughs) I was like, who who picks a team? I was thinking, I was like, didn't I say like 28, 24 or something? I was like, I didn't think it was that bad. This this guy says they're gonna win by a billion, and I'm like, yeah, because I literally mean it. What do we? Uh, no, that guy took it way too. The fact he listened to us and then came to our Twitter after the game to talk shit and just—I like, appreciated the listen. It was nice. Like, yeah, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, <laughs> Appreciate so Damon. It. Damon, what do you think? Man, okay. So uh, I, I think right. It's it's hard for me to objectively give my opinion because right now I'm I like I said earlier I'm getting you know I'm feeling the. I'm getting a little fired up about the game uh, Friday. I'm excited about, you know, is could this be the game of the year that Walters gets like that marquee win on his, you know, that he can stamp, especially beating Wisconsin at Ross 8. I feel like there's no bigger win um, of the season. Obviously, you know, they could beat some, have some crazy game beat like Michigan or something like that. But, you know, to, to beat somebody who's had produced card for the last 20 years now um, would be absolutely massive. So, I'll give two score predictions here um, to appease the people at home uh, listening. Um, so my heart right now where I'm at, I would love an upset. Um, 
So I would say somewhere in the park of like, because Purdue's been doing a good job of, of getting up there in the points this year. So I'm going to say something like, you know, 31, uh, 31, 24, 31, uh, 28 or something like that. Now, um, I also think that Purdue could, uh, you know, is easily, you know, depends on the the, the rush defense. Um, and you actually mentioned Mordecai leading their team in rushing against Wazoo. So uh, if Mordecai can, you know, handle the pocket collapse and, and you know, run the ball forward, if, if uh, Purdue hasn't been able to figure out how to counteract that, uh, you know, depending on what they've learned from their the game against Syracuse, uh, I could, you know, see it being a – uh, Wisconsin win uh, as well. So I'm kind of uh, one foot in, one foot out. Jake, what do you think? I think it's to be close. Uh, I think I agree with Damon. If, you know, this will be huge for Coach Walters. He pulls this one off. Um, I like her chances. Of course, going to predict a boiler win. Um, I think it's to be close. I'm going to go with 28 24. So I was going to guess 2821. Uh, so I, I like I like I, I like your prediction a lot. I think that um, you know Purdue has shown that they can stop the run. Um, and by run, I don't mean quarterback scrambling uh, like like we saw last week. Um, those are a little bit different play designs. Um, you know uh, we what do we hold Virginia Tech to like 16 rushing yards or something like that. Um, but I just think that you know, Purdue has Purdue has shown that like we can we can stop the run. Um, I just don't know how the defensive line depth is going to hold up, but um, I think as long as the attendance is there, I know I've seen a lot of I'm selling my tickets, I'm not going to another game. I've seen a lot of that. I think as long as the attendance is there and the crowd's there, I think 28-24 is is fairly realistic, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick by that. Uh, I'm gonna address some some comments here. Uh, well, we I was uh, I was trying to book a hotel room last night, and everywhere is sold out. So I don't think. Oh, we're okay, great. Oh, yeah, I, I had to get a hotel yeah. in uh, Crawfordsville. Um, so I, I I usually stay in Indy. Yeah, it's like halfway back from me, so they're half-ish way back. Um, so we got a got a comment here. We struggle to stop the run, but more Tracy and better use of mock train gets the offense rolling again. Thirty-one thirty boilers. Curses ended. A couch is burned. Love it. This Russ Johnson guy is really good in the comments. I have a comment here from Cody. I was telling my wife last Saturday night that I would love to be a fly on the wall and listen to what coach had to say. Uh, ooh, here we go. Uh, who coaches Wisconsin again? That's right. A former Buckeye. Badgers by. Just getting Boilers by a billion. Love it. There you go, Eric. Atta boy. Uh, here we have. Hey, we, have uh, Ed, we have 42-31. Coach Walters ends the winless streak. Uh, I, love it. I would love to see Purdue put 42 up against Wisconsin. That would be imagine crazy. That. When how much how much pressure do you think he like? Do you do you think that this is a game that he has circled like in his mind? I mean, what you know, because his his first day on the job, he gives Devin Mockaby a scholarship as a way to like win over the fans. But how better like what a better way to win over the fans than to beat Wisconsin? If they beat Wisconsin, they could literally go two and ten this year, and everybody would be like, "We beat Wisconsin, guys. Who cares?" <laughs> like, actually, three and nine. Let's beat Wisconsin and IU, and then no, but like, there's nothing anybody. Add four. Do. Let's do Ohio State while we're at it. Yeah. Play, play, I, I, I would love. To, I would love to win more than three games. That would be great. Yeah, I'd, right, I'd be right. really happy. But I'm just yeah. saying though, like you, you beat Wisconsin. I mean, yeah, like you said, that's a huge marquee win. Um, definitely something that will get the fans behind, even when there's some hiccups, uh, you know, within the first year. Um, 
So uh, yeah, I mean, this could this could be a turning point, um, or this could just be another like, hey, we're we're learning more about our team, we're learning our strengths and weaknesses, and we're going back to the drawing board. So, um, the thing though about this team is I don't like I don't foresee like a and I don't want to knock I don't want to say it and not have to knock on wood, but I don't foresee like a quote unquote like blowout of any kind. I think this is a very resilient team, a team that I think they do adjust in the game, and I think it shows. Um, like I think it was, was it against Syracuse where they, uh, moved Burks into the slot and started to have some more success with them over the middle? Um, you know, with Abdul, uh, you seen, uh, Abdul, you seen as well. Uh, I mean, they, uh, I felt like, you know, from watching in the stands, you could see the, the adjustments that they were making. Um, and you could tell that it was working again. I think we just like got bit by some weird turnover bug um, Saturday. It's not, that was not something that is consistent with this team, at least not so far this year. I think it was just a really odd night. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and not only that, I mean, it was, it was everybody. I mean, mockery what he lost three of them, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Dion Burks with the, uh, the 200 IQ play to, purposely it was totally on purpose too. purposely set his hand out of bounds while his hand was on the ball i mean that was yeah that totally wasn't that was awesome. like a freak thing that was yeah because they like you know i I, it, I was watching at home and it went to commercial i'm like okay turnover and they come back and they're like hold on we may have a uh something to look at here and i was i was shocked that's how that. it was in the stands too because everybody thought it was for a while they all we all thought it was just a turnover um and it kind of you could kind of feel the air just get sucked out of the building or the stadium and then it just you know, got brought back to life again when we had the ball. So, um, yeah, that was such a heads up play. That's something that uh, coaches usually harp on is like the beginning of the year or like throughout the year, they'll kind of bring up like what are different rule changes or like what's this rule that you may not know about or like that you should. And like that would be one of them. Another example is like if the ball did that on a kickoff and just stopped, sat right there, you could do the same thing. And now that's a kick out of bounds. Huh. Oh, there was a famous play uh, in the NFL. Uh, yeah. Packer was a Packers player, right? Uh, his name escapes me, but yeah, he like like stepped out of bounds and grabbed the ball, right? Uh, yeah, and the ball was like pretty far from the sideline, so he had to like lay down and put his foot out of bounds and then grab the ball. And like even the announcers were like, "That was a brilliant play." And like I don't, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, that was the first time I had heard of that rule. Uh, and I learned last night in the NFL, fumbles are different on fourth downs. Only the person who fumbles the ball can advance it forward on fourth down. So you can't wow. fumble the ball forward and have another teammate recover it on fourth down. Hmm. Fascinating. Learned that last night. It's very. I feel like it'd be very hard if you fumbled the ball to then get up after you've probably got like a pile of people on you, go pick up the football. Um, but you know, yeah. So is- wait. So if someone else recovers it past the first down line, what's the? Uh, so it's uh, the the ball is spotted at the spot of the fumble. Um, so like so like if, if we're on a team, I fumble the ball forward, Damon can't recover it and advance the ball on fourth down. I just imagine but like I, could, if I, I just imagine like my teammates circling the ball being like, Come on, Damon, get up, get up. And I'm like <laughs> trying to crawl out of this like pile of defenders. <laughs> Give me a minute, I got a three hundred pounder <laughs> on my back. Like, what right. But the reason it was being asked was uh you know the Steelers last night where they it was a two point conversion which actually counted as a first down where Najee Harris fumbled the ball into the end zone. And it was recovered by another Steelers player. That's what uh, how that came up. So That's so weird. This is what I do. I, I read NFL rule books during games um, to look up obscure rules. That's why you're that's, the big brain. I mean, that's yeah. why you're. That's why you're the. It was just like brain. when I when I had to Google the rule about high stepping into the end zone when we got a 
Oh, God forbid. But it is it is explicitly stated. You cannot high step. I mean, it's not there's no ambiguity to it at all. But I feel like there needs to be an objective. Like, what is a high step? Because if you look at the replay, Jalen Graham's legs barely like go above. He high stepped. He high stepped. I mean, it's he did as as much as I I wanted that touchdown. He high stepped. But it's just like we, we still don't know what a catch is. I need a height. I need an exact. Yeah. yeah. How high is a high step, man? Right. That's yeah. what I'm mid, saying. Mid step. Yeah. Like, do, do, like the knees must cross the plane of the waist. Right. That, <laughs> like, it should be clearly stated. But I, I think it was described as blatantly altering your stride, um, which, like, I mean, Rondale Moore would high step, you know. But yeah. So he he did it more for a reason versus like showboating. But I think that's the difference. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up here. I know we're kind of past our hour mark and everything, but just want to say a big shout out to everybody that's tuned in tonight. Um, just been absolutely incredible. All the listener interactions. Uh, love all you guys and appreciate your, your listening, even if you're here to just bag on us and uh, make fun of us at the end of the day. You know, we we still appreciate you. Um, so Thanks to our thank number one fan, Russ Johnson, for being in the comments all night. Nice, all right, night. Russ, we'll have to have you on the show sometime, man. Uh, yeah, seems like a great guy. Uh, so. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But, but uh, uh, again, big shout out to our partners over at Big Banner Sports. Go check out BigBannerSports.com where they have every uh, Big Ten team covered, um, which they do have work to do as we're, we're bringing in a whole slew of uh, teams starting next year uh, with Oregon and Washington and UCLA and USC and all that stuff. But uh, I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll get done soon. Um, but anyway, uh, big shout out to them. Check out all the the podcasts, and then um, a, a huge shout out to our sponsors at Cincy Blitzboards. Again, fantastic guys, fantastic product that you can take everywhere, um, tailgates, parties, wherever. Um, it's a great time. It's really fun, actually. Uh, it gets pretty intense, so um, it's a great time. And of course, Jake, thank you so much for coming onto the show tonight, man. It was great having you on. Great talking to Purdue and, and hearing your thoughts on things. Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's always good to get on here and talk ball. So, yeah, it was good hanging out. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll uh, boiler up, beat Wisconsin, and uh, we'll see you next week. <clears throat>